unveiling the secrets A-list copywriters use to make themselves and their clients millions. This is the Copywriters Podcast with your host, the world's greatest copywriting coach, David Garfinkel. All right, welcome back to the Copywriters Podcast with your host, the world's greatest copywriting coach, David Garfinkel. David, how are you doing today? I'm good, Nathan. How are you? I'm good. And I'm going to play a fly on the wall probably for the majority of this episode because we've got a special surprise for the listeners this week. Well, all I can say is fly on the wall. This is no vice presidential debate. (laughs) Okay. uh, So today I'm pleased to have an old friend on the show, a friend who has branched out beyond direct response copywriting in the early 2000s. Uh, Michael Fortin, also known as Michel Fortin, was a living legend. And I mean that. He wrote the first online sales letter that brought in over $1 million in one day for um, a Traffic Secrets, I think it was. Mm-hmm. And I am forever grateful, on a different note, to Michael for being my presentation partner in my famous 2005 Las Vegas Breakthrough Copywriting Seminar. And both of us also took the stage a few years later at Harvecker's uh, marketing event, which I think was called the greatest marketing seminar in the world, which I feel every seminar should be called just by virtue of the fact that, you know, it's marketing. And we sold somewhere in the nature of um, $100,000 worth of products from the state during our presentation. After that, a number of things happened and not all of them good for Michael, but he took his career in a different direction. Today, he's an expert and a certified expert in SEO copywriting, which means optimizing your copy for the search engines. And you have to understand that regardless of what you think of SEO copywriting, everything Michael's going to tell you today about SEO copywriting can make you a lot of money if you act on and listen to what he says. Now, I want to tell you something now that's not going to make you any money, but it could save you a lot of money and time and even your personal freedom. And that is this copy is powerful. You're responsible for how you use what you hear on this podcast. Most of the time, common sense is all you need. If you make extreme claims and or if you're writing copy for offers in highly regulated industries like health and finance and business opportunity, you may want to get a legal review after you write and before you start using your copy. My larger clients do this all the time. Okay, let's get started with the good stuff. Michael, welcome and thanks for doing this. Really glad you're here. Thanks, David. It's it's an honor, and 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 not only because we are we know each other for a long time, but I also listen to your podcast quite religiously. So it's uh, it's always a staple in the copywriting community, right? Yeah. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. So let's um, let's talk about your um, I don't know your trials of Job, whatever you want to call it. <laughs> <laughs> Fifteen or twenty years ago, um, you were a renowned. Direct response copywriter, as I said, highly revered partner of mine, two presentations, which I mentioned in the intro, and you still are in my mind. But let's fast forward to 2020. Today, over the past decade, fate took your career in a different direction. Could you tell us about that? 
Sure. Uh, trying to squeeze uh, a long story into a very small amount of time uh, as I possibly can. Uh, so I had a very turbulent uh, turn of the last decade where I lost uh, my mother, my father, my sister, my only sister, and of course, my wife, who I owned. Uh, and, and Well, thank you. And the thing is, um, we were all we, together in business. We were speaking at seminars. We were selling courses. And I was doing copy. Um, but after all of that happened, I, I, I just didn't feel I had the headspace or the motivation to stay in business. So what I did is uh, I took a job as a, well, first of all, there's no such thing as a you know, director of copywriting at a, a marketing <laughs> agency, digital marketing. They, they were actually a Google premier partner agency. They primarily did SEO um, and um, they hired me as their director of communications. Uh, so I did everything from um, marketing, marketing communications to display ads to uh, um, SEO. And uh, fast forward to now. So basically what happened was uh, while I was there, I just discovered that I am chronically unemployable. I'm a, I've been a freelancer all my life. So, <laughs> mm -hmm. and, and, and when you're a side hustle where, see, the thing is I always kept clients, clients kept hiring me for copy. And when that income kind of surpasses your full-time income, uh, I decided, you know what, I'm just going to go back into business. And I was, and I was better by then. And it was, this is a few years later, I got remarried. Uh, and, and this is where I'm at. And um, just to, to put everything in perspective, the fact that I knew about marketing and copywriting, whether it's for SEO, whether it's for ads, whether it's for uh, brochures or direct mail, it's a, it's a very portable skill, no matter where you go. And so I was able to pivot my career easily because of that one skill. So there you have it. Wow, that, that's, um, that's quite a story. I mean, I don't know if I know anyone else personally who's lost that many people in, in that period of time, but you seem like you're on your feet and my heart goes out to you. Um, and, Thank you. Uh, glad you're doing well now, or better anyway. So let's yeah. talk, talk about SEO copywriting. <laughs> What is it these days and how does it work? It's not like it used to be. Uh, keep in mind that uh, Google has gone through an amazing transformation in the last, just in the last five years. Um, since 2016, 2017, um, new algorithms came about that changed the way they look at websites, they look at copy or content, and they rank them. Um, as you know, uh, Google has an artificial intelligence, you know, I don't, I hate to call it AI because it's, it's, you know, we're talking <laughs> Skynet. Um, <laughs> you you but, think they might come in and change the words? <laughs> yeah. Um, but, the, but their, but their AI is actually called rank brain. And, uh, what happens is they look no longer at keywords. Keywords is no longer the thing like it used to be. We you know we used to stuff our content and even some sometimes in the code or in the back end with all these keywords. Um, it's no longer about that anymore. Uh, now it's about good quality content. Uh, and of course, you can write copy content that helps to get people to change their minds, to buy into an idea, or of course, to buy a product or service. Um, and as long as you serve your customer, which is really what Google is all about now, it's, we, you know, you as a client, you as a, a, a website owner or business owner and Google share the same client. It's the user. 
So they want to provide a great search experience to their user. You want to create a great search environment and learning environment for your your user, your client, and of course, a search, a buying experience. So SEO kind of sort of blends into two other aspects called CRO, conversion rate optimization, and UXO, which is uh, user experience optimization. Uh, now Google is kind of giving you brownie points, not just for having good content, but by having a great experience, having a website that's responsive, that's mobile, that is also what we call voice search enabled. So when you, you know, people nowadays, we use our phones to, to uh, ask Google or Siri or Alexa to do searches for us and, and to, um, to also uh, create a great engagement with the user. The more engaged the user is on your website, which is why copy is so important, the more Google will actually rank you higher. Because it says, wow, people, we send it, we're sending people to this search result, this website, and apparently it's a great result for the people. They're actually looking for that result. They're staying there. They're not bouncing back. Um, and so you're going to get better rankings that way. So that's what really SEO copywriting kind of has evolved to. Okay, that, that's really interesting. And this is the first time I've heard that. And uh, it's great, great information. So... I'm a little curious about this because I I can understand how uh, what's it called Rank Brain can measure the amount of time uh, someone mm -hmm. spends on the site. They might even be able to tell how much they scroll, how many pages they go to, all of those mm -hmm. things. Maybe kind but, of. But how does um, how does a a computer program evaluate good quality content, or is it only evaluated by the results by the amount of time people are spending on the site, or are there other things? There's there, there's a number of factors. There's actually over 300 ranking factors now. Um, before it was just keywords, and then it would be uh, maybe the authority of a website. I mean, how long has it been uh, in business? How long has it been on the internet? Uh, and then there's links, like people are linking to the website. Meaning, is it actually valuable content? But all of those things, people can. Uh, hack and mm -hmm. circumvent. Uh, you can buy links. You can do all this black hat stuff. So now oh. Google is has evolved to look at other signals that would that would increase that site's uh, likability or relevancy, actually, in the search engines, and it does it through a, a, a myriad of different things. For example, um, in the recent time, there is a new algorithm called EAT, Eat. Expertise, authoritativeness, and trustworthiness. You know, um, it, it's kind of funny because there's a lot of jokes going around. Like, do you want to eat your rankings? <laughs> um, and and the reason that is is that Google will now pay more attention to your site if it shows that you have expertise, you know the subject matter, you're you're it's properly credentialized. There's actually proof. Um, do you fact check your stuff? Um, and in fact, when that came about, it was called uh, the medic update because the most websites that got affected by it was medical websites. But now we, we are realizing that it affected any website that deals with what we call your money or your life. So anything about health, wealth, uh, money, uh, finances, and all that stuff. Um, and then second thing that came around, which is actually just recently called BERT. Now, BERT's, you know, BERT like is an Ernie and BERT, but it's actually an acronym was, that stands for... I was thinking of Frank Zappa's song, My Name is Bertrand, yeah. <laughs> I am. 
Anyway. Only people like us will know that. that uh, is. I know. Nathan's, <laughs> Nathan is stone-faced. It's not his generation, man. <clears throat> um, but but BERT stands for Bidirectional Encoding uh, Representations and trans from Transformers. Um, if I think I have that right. And what that really means is that before you had a keyword, and then Google will say, oh, that's a, that's a signal. But now it's bidirectional. So it says, okay, maybe you have a keyword. Well, what's the context? It's not just about content. It's words around it. Maybe images. Maybe the code in the background. It's basically trying to understand the context behind the content. Um, and so it uses something called, you know, we, you know, we call we call it NLP, but we know NLP stands for other things. But it's called natural language processing, which is part of this rank brain uh, process. So basically, it looks at. Uh, adja adjacent keywords before and after around it, images, what the images are saying, and all those things will help to determine what that content really is. For example, if I look at keyword soap, soap and I type in soap, well, does it mean soap opera? Does it mean dish soap? Does it mean car wash soap? Does it mean SOAP, the, 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 pro the programming language? So the whole point, and I'll, I'll finish with this, Google has looking at more and more at one, two things. One, topics, not keywords anymore. So we, actually, I don't even do keyword research. I do topical research. And that's what really is, is, is important these days. Um, and, and as long as your topic is uh, uh, in line with this other thing, search intent. What's the search intent of the user? Are they looking for just information? Are they looking for education? Or are they actually looking at possibilities of uh, or different solutions for a problem that they're undergoing or are they actually looking for to buy the problem they to buy a solution to the problem they're fit they want to fix the problem um we call that you know navigational search informational search investigative search and commercial or transactional search um so all those things uh is the only way you can determine that now first of all when you're using google by you, by you searching the kind of questions you ask, you know, nowadays, just a single keyword is not enough. Sometimes we ask a full question. Hey, Google, what is the, how do you make a gluten-free vegan pizza? Now, I just said Google, now my phone just went off, my Android just went off. <laughs> <laughs> um, but that's the point is that now it knows that I'm, when I'm looking for pizza, I'm not just looking for a pizza place, I'm actually looking for a recipe for a gluten-free pizza. But now that's great. Google knows what you want. But what about the sites that it wants to send you to? So what it does, it looks at the copy on their websites, the content, and all those things that I just mentioned to determine the context. And then it will send you, and because what it really wants is to give people the best search results possible so that their experience is great. Because what they hate is people, what they call pogo sticking, which is they click on the link, they go to the website and they say, eh, that's not me. And they go back, they just backspace or back you know, to the, to the search engine. That's when Google says, oh, that, ser that search result is not really what they're looking for. So that no, it's it's another one of those signals, but it's one of many signals. Hopefully, that answers your question. I'm not sure. <laughs> it it does it does give me an idea. It's uh, certainly a, a lot more than you know what I used to think of as keyword stuffing, where you would find the keywords and you try and jam as many of them into what becomes yep. unreadable copy that looks like it was written written by a bot or something. Right. Um, okay, but um, I'm I'm sure this question comes up to you. Um, a lot from clients. So um, I'm just going to put it right at you. Um, mm -hmm. How does all of this uh, affect traffic and conversion? 
especially if you're using paid advertising. Right. So the bottom line is this. Um, the one number one rule that I've always used in copywriting, in fact, I taught it at the seminar, at your seminar, yeah. uh, which is uh, also a great way to beat writer's block, which is to know more about your market, research your market as much as you can. It's not about researching keywords anymore. It's about researching your market. What do they want? In fact, you, David, said something that I love. You said, what is the market? Uh, uh, what's their problem? Uh, and how are they talking about it? Right. Mm -hmm. I, I remember you said that at a seminar one time, and I think you also said on your podcast, um, who's your market? What is their problem? And how are they talking about it? That's, that's exactly what you need to know, not only for copy, but for SEO, for CRO, conversion rate, and all those things. Because here's the thing. If you can deliver and meet and connect with them and deliver the content and, and the copy that matches that search intent, that where they're at, to meet them where they're at. You know, Collier said to, to continue the conversation going on in their mind. Well, it's the same thing with SEO. Because when they are looking for something on Google and they land on your site, or even if they click on an ad, is there a connection? Is there a congruency? Um, in fact, the more congruent your copy is with the intent behind the person landing on your site or opening your direct mail piece or whatever the case is, the greater your conversions, the greater your response rate. And it's the same thing with SEO. So back to my point is learn more about your market. Do more market research and, and uh, what we call topical research, not keyword research. Uh, the best SEO tip that I've ever heard is uh, from a guy who actually doesn't even do SEO. He says, and he's getting millions and millions of visitors. He actually has a podcast with millions of, of subscribers. And he says, I just look for the kinds of questions my particular audience is asking, and I just answer them. That's it. Oh, okay. So it's, it's not really that different than marketing fundamentals. The just basic stuff, right, is, is what you're saying absolutely just know more about your market find out what they're looking for and just give it to them content that will get you better seo if it answers what they're looking for and it's also going to increase your sales and your in your conversion rates when they land on your site and they read your sales offer whatever the case is um whatever you're offering whatever you're selling it'll sell better because it's in line with what they're looking for and it's also um and i'll i'll just add another point um, remember I told you about search intent. There's navigational, there's uh, there's informational, educational. So pe if people are not really ready to buy, you know, we both you and I, we know we love Eugene Schwartz. He talks about the, mm -hmm. the stages of sophistication of the market. I use a, an acronym called OATH, the OATH formula. How aware uh, is your market? And um, it's kind of saying how prepared are they to take an oath? Are they oblivious about the problem? Are they apathetic, meaning they know about it, but they don't care? Are they thinking about doing something about their problem? Or actually, are they hurting and they want to buy it now? They don't need to solve the problem now. Well, guess what? In, in SEO, they talk about the funnel. They talk about problem-aware, solution-aware, uh, or no, problem-aware, product-aware, solution-aware, and, and so on and so forth. It's the same thing. And my point in saying that is, um, before we used to write these long sales letters that would sell, make an offer and, and educate the client, the, per, the prospect throughout the entire process. But nowadays you can just do education, bring people at the front end, the top end of the funnel, we call top of funnel, educate them, get them into the funnel, get them interested, get them to raise their hand and slowly by surely taking them by the hand, whether it's through a long page or through a drip campaign or multiple videos, 
that you eventually get them to take action. You get them to finally buy whatever you're selling. And that's why, that's why it's so important to when you write copy or SEO copy is that you write it at the level of awareness they're at, at where they're, you know, what kind of conversation you're having. So back to my, my initial point, know your market, do your market research, and you know, you'll get great SEO as much as great copy. Do you have a problem with Kindle books? I do. Sometimes I really just want to hold a book in my hand so I can turn the pages and highlight stuff and make notes. That's one reason I recently released the print version of my book, Breakthrough Copywriting. And listen to this. On Facebook, I've gotten pictures posted from around the world. Pictures of people holding their printed copy of Breakthrough Copywriting in their hands, including one from an A-list screenwriter and marketer in L.A.'s famous Topanga Canyon. He was reading the book in his hot tub. Breakthrough Copywriting is a great book for you, whether you are a beginner or an A-lister yourself or anywhere in between. It costs a tiny, tiny fraction of my $5,000 a head seminar that the book is based on. So check out Breakthrough Copywriting on Amazon.com. Now, back to the show. Let's look at the surprises for a second. What's counterintuitive about SEO? And if you want, CRO and UXO, that is what works that you wouldn't expect would work and, and vice versa. Well, the thing is, um, because of the changes with the, the search engines, the changes with Google specifically, um, and and the fact that it's becoming uh, better and better at knowing, A, what kind of content is on your website, what kind of information you're giving out, and also what kind of searches people are making. Before, when we used to think of, of SEO, we used to think of stuffing, key, like you just said, stuffing keywords, uh, uh, trying to... Um, uh, do all this hocus, hocus pocus behind the scenes. And nowadays, it really comes down to a couple of things, very simple things, giving great content, good quality content that actually helps people, that actually serves their, their, their interests, that, that solves their problem, that, that answers their questions. Um, and what you do is you optimize the, the, the way that people can use or consume that content. I, I, I'll come down to this. Um, SEO really boils down to two things, a good quality content and good, quality, good user experience. That's it. Those are the two things you need to do. As long as you offer good content that matches their, their intent, and then, uh, then once they land on your site or sales copy or whatever the case is, they have a great user experience. They, they, they have a great experience <laughs> consuming that content. Then. You, you you know that's it's kind of topic you know it's 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 counterintuitive to the degree because a lot of people thought oh I need to do keyword research I need to do all this hocus pocus in the back end I used I, I need to do uh, uh, all this coding stuff and you know what y yes those things are important from let's say a usability standpoint but really what's important is is your site crawlable can Google actually see your website mm -hmm. and and all the things that help get create a good user experience is it secure. Uh, meaning, you know, nowadays, if you land on a website that has HTTP rather than HTTPS, you'll get a, a warning. You know, Google will say, "Hey, this site is not secure. Do you still want to? Do you want to proceed?" Well, you need now. You need now a secure site. It's all back to this user experience optimization I was telling you about, um, and uh, 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 fast loading time. If you know, because now most, you know, ninety. I say ninety percent. That's not true. It's about sixty percent, sixty sixty five percent of the population now use their mobile devices to access the internet. Um, so you need to have a fast loading website, and if it's taking too long, 
people will do what we call that pogo sticking. They'll just they'll land on the site. They say, okay, it's taking too long. They'll just backspace and go back to Google to look at the next search result. Well, then Google will then penalize you. You're going to lose traction because you're not giving them a good experience. So, so it's it's kind of counterintuitive to the degree that it's not as mathematical as it used to be. Just write good content. Just serve your client well. Solve problems. Good, good, you know, and give them a good experience in consuming that content. And you've, you've got it. They, you're going to be very successful that way. That's really good. You know, they don't call me the Nostradamus of podcasting for nothing. I predicted Nathan would have a question anyway, and I think he does. <laughs> yeah. So here's kind of a controversy that's going on mm-hmm. between copywriters and search engines right now is a lot of the search engines are moving away from sending people to websites. So they don't, when you look up something on Google, Google wants to give you the answer without having to send you to someone's website. And so a lot of times, especially you mentioned, most searches are being done on mobile. They don't want you to have to go. So they'll just take a snippet of your website and you won't actually get that traffic. So I kind of want to know what your thoughts are as far as going forward. How is that going to impact? And I know a lot of copywriters that are concerned that Google is taking their content, serving it as their own content and not giving the traffic that the whole reason we're writing the content is for traffic. And Google's saying, hey, we'll take what you're giving us, but we're not going to give back why you're giving it to us. I am so glad you asked that question. You know why? Because it really boils down to this one skill called copywriting. <laughs> and I say this because we, I had this argument uh, just the other day, and it's exactly the same issue. People are thinking, I'm getting zero, what we call zero-click search results. So that's when your, your answer appears at the top, and people can see your answer or see your website content on their website without sending traffic to your site. Um, and, and that's the reason why Google kind of is doing that is because they want to remove the number of clicks that people will get to a final result. And if they're, if they're in the informational stage, they're just looking for information, that's kind of understandable. Um, it's it's, uh, it's uh, frustrating. I understand that. However, this is where if you can use great, comp, great copy, there's, uh, you know, when your content appears in the top search results, this is called schema markup or what we call featured snippets or rich snippets, rich, rich data. I think some other people will call it structured data. You know, sometimes when you type in a recipe and you'll actually have the recipe at the top of the Google search result rather than going to the actual site. You know why? Because a lot of people, the reason why Google does that too is because a lot of people, when they visit a search site or a recipe site, you know how many recipes are like you have to go through a lot of content and all of ads and a lot of crap before you actually get to the actual recipe. <laughs> so, so Google is trying to give a better user experience to their user. Remember, we share the same client. Google's clients and our clients are the same. Um, so, so the thing is, if they are actually looking for just information, then you want to be focused on your brand, your value proposition. What makes you unique? What makes you good? What makes you better? And then put that in the rich snippet because now you can actually do what we call rich, rich mark or rich data markup on your website so that that will actually appear and you can control what they show to their users. Not all the time, you know, Google is Google, but you can 
And you want to make sure that you get them their attention because you want, if, if you are good at copy, you'll be able to also get their attention enough that they will click on that link. Even if you give them the answer to their question, they'll say, well, I want to know more. And they click on the link and they visit your website. Um, however, uh, there's also the issue that um, if, you, if, you, if you're good at, let's say, branding uh, and mentioning your brand, or especially your unique sales proposition, you're going to create what we call top of mind awareness so that when you appear to search engines later on in other search results, or even when they just need you, when they're actually in, because right now they're probably just at the educational, the informational gathering stage. But if when they're ready to buy or when they're ready to look for a solution, they'll remember your brand because that's what that is really good for is to increase the branding element. Now, uh, finally, the final answer to this is um, Google is now testing different things. In fact, there's a recent uh, Google, what they call Search 2020, which is kind of their annual uh, State of the Union address uh, to the search community, right? Um, they're saying that they're moving away from that a little bit more and then moving towards uh, where, and you probably noticed this, when you go to Google and you type in on a search result, it'll actually go to the section of the same on that page that gives them that particular answer for their question. Um, and, and so they're saying, great, okay, fine. We're going to give people the chance to visit your site. We're going to do less and less of that you know, showing up on, uh, and doing zero click results. We're going to give people a chance to visit your site, but we want to get them to the actual section on your page that answers your question. So they don't have to go through a whole bunch of crap before and, and give them a really bad user experience. So it boils down to great, good copy. Just be, you know, learn good copywriting. You'll be able to capture not, you know, maybe some traffic from that. Uh, and if they're, if you're selling a product or service, Oftentimes, your your search result won't appear there. Uh, I mean, sorry, your, your your content will won't appear there because you're not answering a question. You're actually getting people to buy a product if they're in that 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 stage. Um, in fact, Google wants probably wants you to buy shopping ads, right? They probably want you to buy ads to drive traffic rather than uh, giving them information. But if they're just looking for information, then focus on having good copy that gets them interested, clicking on the link, probably visiting your site, or at least getting the your unique sales proposition, your unique offer, or your brand, your brand name, your product name, whatever the case is, so that you create that top of mind awareness and that that um, um, it, it also creates authority. Remember, I told you earlier, eat, eat uh, expertise, authoritativeness, and trustworthiness. The fact that you appear at the top of search results is implied authority. Oh, he must be an authority, or she must be an authority, or this site must be an authority. So that either they'll visit from that result, or later on when they do more searches, and your result will pop up in a normal search results, they'll, rec they'll recognize you. They'll say, oh, yeah, that site was like on, that, on that other search. They'll click on you. And this has actually been proven. They've, they've, they've done ample tests to show that when you do appear and you don't get enough traffic, you'll, you actually increase what we call secondary ancillary traffic because you're becoming known as an authority. You create that implied authoritativeness. Wow. So it's the goal seems to be give people what they're looking for and also subtly try and sell the click as well. But um, yes. <laughs> That was pretty good. Alrighty, well, we're we're out, about out of time. Uh, you you have a blog. Um, uh, you sent it to me. I just didn't write it down. Well, how how do people keep up with sure. your content? 
Sure. Well, my, my own website, my own blog is at michaelforn.com. Um, but if you want to uh, send them directly to the page that I probably would want to send them to so that we avoid Google <laughs> stealing my click, <laughs> we'll say, David Garfinkel stealing my click. No, I, I'm kidding. Um, go to dailymarketingmemo.com. That's my newsletter. And it okay. actually goes, it's, it's, it's just redirects to my own website, but to the page where people can learn about my newsletter. It's called the Daily Marketing Memo. So dailymarketingmemo.com. Michael, thank you so much. It's so good to catch up with you after all these thank, years. Thank you. Thank you. And I'm glad you've made it through all these trials and you seem to be a better man for it. So thank you. Appreciate that. Awesome. Thank you, Michael, for coming on. David, thank you for putting this together. Pit. Listeners out there, if you want to check out more episodes, head on over to the Copywriters Podcast website, and that's copywriterspodcast.com. And until next time, we will catch you later. See you later. Bye-bye. Hey, if you enjoyed today's podcast, be sure to subscribe, rate, and review on your favorite podcast app so we can get into ears of more listeners. Thank you. This is the Copy and Funnels Podcast Network.